0: This is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show, and he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins.
1: It's the Jeremiah Show and Evolve Entertainment, featuring its radio with TV's Tim Stack, Mike Gormley presents Music Icons, The Arwen Lewis Show, and The Angel Baby Show. Me, if I'm complaining now, I'm going to tell you no, I still never complain. My record is intact. So, what I'm about to talk about, um, let's chalk it up to maybe just constructive criticism. It's not complaining because a good friend of mine once said to me, uh, I never complain. What good would it do anyway? And I remembered that and I I totally agree. I mean, what good does it do to complain? But there's a lot to complain about right now, isn't there? So I thought I would take a minute and just kind of go over my list of uh, constructive criticism for, for some of these companies out there that we have to deal with every day that feel like they have forgotten us. Uh, As I was putting this show together, I'm putting together music, and I decided to call this episode "Busted Stuff" because that's really what we got. We got a lot of busted stuff out there in our lives and all around us. That's alright. We can fix it. But let's maybe—I don't know. Think about make sure things work and think about them and really run them through the test before you spring them on us and I have to pay subscription fees and upgrades and uh, everywhere I turn a new software update so I'm putting this together and I'm putting some music in the master file here and the music on YouTube just keeps cutting out there's one I put it on the list I, that's never happened before, but I don't know why I decided to do that today, but it was really annoying. And Zoom, I use Zoom for every episode that we do here. And I know Zoom is here in Santa Barbara. Probably got some people that work at Zoom. Again, this is constructive criticism. And you get rid of those pop-ups that constantly pop up on Zoom. I mean, I can't scroll, move, open a new tab without another pop-up. And I, uh, they drive me
2: crazy.
1: Another thing that's happening, I've, been, uh, I've had Apple since, uh, since it was a cube. And, uh, and every color and the rainbow and all, everything in between. So I'm not going to say anything bad about Apple. I am one of those people. There's a lot of us out there that just keep buying the products. But it doesn't mean I love everything. And the updates these days. So many little glitches. Nothing works. The email, um, you know, you send an email and you're you're supposed to get a follow-up. I get one out of every seven emails I send. Could you please fix that? One thing after another freezes or doesn't work the way it used to. It's improved and then it's also slid back a little bit. Spotify. All right, we all listen to Spotify. We all go to Spotify. My uh, this radio show goes to Spotify as a podcast. Spotify has decided to start taking down my shows one by one, at random, or maybe not so random. They claim that the music within the shows doesn't fit their licensing or has not been approved. I just pop in and I say, yes, I have, per- I have uh, permission to use every one of these songs. And I actually do, because we pay BMI and ASCAP, and uh, so does my streaming podcast service. So uh, Spotify, would you cl- please quit pulling down my shows? And if you get your podcast on Spotify, do me a favor and write them and tell them to quit pulling down my shows. Because I'm not going to fight it anymore. If you want to pull them down, no more Spotify. Busted stuff. Everything around me feels like it's busted or breaking down. And yes, that's a, you can apply that to the whole world right now. Everywhere I look. And I don't complain. I'm not complaining right now. I'm offering constructive criticism. Because I feel like, don't tell me about the problem, offer a solution. Now, if I could go work at Apple and Spotify and Amazon and YouTube and all these other Google, Instacart, (laughs) uh, all these companies, I would go do that, but I don't have time. So you have the solutions to fix. The problems. I'll wait. But not too long. Because I'm ready to start. Pulling the plug. On the endless subscriptions. That don't work. Busted stuff. Peacock. Max. HBO Max. HBO. You know. Can't log into any of them across the devices anymore. Can't reset them. The email's going around and around and around. I don't know where they're going, where they're coming from, where they land, but they never fixed the problem. Is that happening to you? But how about these, uh, the chatbots? By the way, I'm not complaining. Just talking. Every company now has a chatbot. And the chats begin, and I forget about them because I've got ADD, and within 10 minutes, they haven't answered, I'm on to the next thing. And at the end of the day, I find that I have 20 tabs open with various chatbots trying to solve some problem for some service that I pay really good money for. And the chats have paused so long that I've forgotten that I even started a chat. Does this happen to you? It's crazy. And then you type in your question and they give you an answer that's nowhere near what you asked. And say, have we solved your problem? And when you don't reply within two minutes, thank you, goodbye. I've seriously had a chat bot the other day that took 45 minutes to answer the first question that was pretty simple. It drives me nuts, but I'm not complaining. How about Instacart? Probably if we could say there's anything good that came out of COVID, I think Instacart is one of those companies that has so much potential. And uh, like whoever wants to go shopping for groceries. So Instacart to me is, wow, awesome. I can sit here and on my couch and I can order Double Stuff Oreos from CVS and they'll be here in 20 minutes, sold. The problem is that something is wrong 90% of the time with my order, Instacart, and you have credited back so much. I think it might be better idea just to solve that problem. I don't know why, and how why it's happening, and how it's happening. But ninety percent of the time, there is something wrong with my order. Not the whole thing; there'll just be something that I didn't order, or there won't be something that I really, really wanted, and I ordered. And the other ten percent of the time, it, when it's right, it's still wrong because I get someone else's diet granola bar that i didn't order. Thank you by the way. That's pretty good. All right, here's the worst that just happened to me. My eat my my website was taken down and deleted forever that i'd had for 20 years for HGL restaurant advisors. Just gone. The reason why is they were sending me an email to the third email on my emergency list. On GoDaddy, not the main email, because the at the main email, they billed me every month, and they sent me a bill, and they sent me an invoice, and they took my money. But when they decided that, it, that they would take down my website if I didn't upgrade something for $10, and they sent it to a third email, not the primary, and I didn't answer in a month, Email's gone, wiped out, can never recover. Busted stuff. Autocorrect. <laughs> oh my God. Why after using Apple Autocorrect for twenty years has it not learned? I mean, it's supposed to be intuitive and grow with you, right? Where it's a relationship we have together. I pretty much don't use any big words. <laughs> Why do you keep changing all of them? It's like you were arguing and we're fighting. I say potato, you say potato. Siri, Alexa, all of them. I want to know why if we have chat GPT or whatever it's called and it can write screenplays and it can write papers for college theses and (laughs) uh, create photos out of nothing. It can write songs. It can sound like the original artist. If it can do all that, Why can't Siri or Alexa understand call mom? And why does my autocorrect change every word to the furthest thing that my original typed word was? Really, really, I don't want to keep repeating this, but I'm not complaining. I'm just offering constructive criticism for all those out there listening. That includes you, Siri, and Alexa. The power cords thing. We've, we've all dealt with this for how long? Why do they keep changing the power cords? Why? I mean, it, it really kind of stings. It's like it's, they're not even trying to hide it. They want another 20 bucks, 50 bucks, and 75 bucks now for a power cord. And since we're on that topic, why do we have power cords at all? Haven't we grown past that by now? Aren't we better than that? All right, I'm almost finished. I know this is, this is not the right way to start the show in a positive way for your morning, but I know you're thinking the same things. Social media. Um, just so you know, anything that you see that I have posted... I didn't enjoy posting it at all. Not one minute of the twenty minutes it takes me per post off of over five platforms every single day. Why are we? It's like a rat on a wheel. Why are we even doing it? I do really do though, appreciate those three likes, though. Do you guys ever wonder why we're doing this? And, and Instagram, if you're listening. On my phone, when I do a post, can you make the little box that I have to type in a little bit bigger? Below that, you got a million other things which I don't ever use. Can you make? Can you r- reduce those and make the box bigger? So, on the post, on the social media post, I don't want you to get me wrong. I really did enjoy whatever I was doing when the picture was taken. But I know, and you know, that you don't really care what I was doing and if I was enjoying myself. So why am I putting it up there? I'll tell you why. If I didn't feel such an obligation to my guests on the radio show and to promoting them, I'd be gone. I'd be a ghost. I'd be Casper the Happy Ghost. Where is that friendly? I can't remember. All right, all right, I'm done. I wasn't complaining. Yeah, that opening segment stressed me out too. So uh, let's unwind with my travel stories. They're much more relaxing. I'll be right back. like to watch subscribe to the Jeremiah show on YouTube
2: I do hope you enjoyed that uh, interview. I'm sorry that Jeremiah is so hopeless. I did a real, uh, made a real effort to, to sort of get through the sludge and the drudgery and the cliches and the second-rate ideas. I hope I didn't disappoint you too much. And as far as uh, he, Jeremiah is concerned, do write in, because if you do, we can do something about this. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. So I had a friend a long time ago, an old college roommate. And if you listen to the show before you know of whom I referred to, I've changed his name to protect the guilty. I call him Dickie Greenleaf. Named after the Greenleaf shipping magnet in the movie, the talented Mr. Ripley. Dickie Greenleaf in the movie is played by uh, Jude Law he's a trust fund kid and he's traipsing through italy and europe on his family's money listening to jazz and basically just enjoying life so maybe now i've painted enough of a picture for you to imagine my my good friend dickie dickie greenleaf this old uh college roommate and i made a pretty good amount of money right out of college after we graduated we We were young, single, really no obligations, and we could go anywhere and even bring our friends along on our tab. We had noticed that our friends, the same age as we were, had started getting married and having children, and our friends, the husbands, and the wives, who suddenly found themselves with a lot of responsibilities, often told us they envied us and our freedom. Or so we thought one night, my friend and I, probably over a great dinner, hanging out with a good amount of friends, made this pact together. And our naivety and the foolishness of our youth, we promised each other we'd never end up like them, which was basically just tied up every day, doing the same thing every day. Day after day, until our lives were gone, you know, becoming an adult. So instead, we decided we would see the world. We agreed that once a month, we would get four plane tickets. Two for us, and two for anyone that wanted a little adventure in their life, and was free. The trip was on us. We would pick somewhere on the map that sounded interesting and we would go. We did this for nearly three years. We would go once every six weeks and we never, in all that time, missed a trip. The trips were anywhere from two days to four days. Really, you know, just a long weekend. And since both of us controlled our schedules and and ran our respective companies, We could go whenever we wanted but typically we thought four days was perfect this is how i saw london a few times the cayman islands miami maui honolulu cabo san lucas san francisco new york city even italy even europe we would go (laughs) even if we were there for two days the flights were longer than the or as long as the trip didn't do that often but we did And after college in Santa Barbara, Dickie and my friends moved to San Francisco to begin adulthood. They lived in a house perched on Protrero Hill. It was a few blocks from Anchor Brewing and it was walking distance to Go Hill Pizza. I miss Go Hill Pizza, so this is a shout out to everybody. If you haven't been in your SF, get up there, GoHillPizza.com. The wind would blow off the bay and the sun would be out. But I was still cold. Because truthfully, I miss my friends and I miss college. Uh, My friends had actually graduated before me. I had moved to L.A. to finish up my studies at USC Film School. I would visit them in San Francisco as much as possible. Mostly to, at that time, see Dave Matthews' band. It became a thing for about 20 of us, and we would all go. At the Shoreline Amphitheater, or the San Francisco Giant Stadium. But to this day, whenever I visit San Francisco, it still feels cold and lonely to me. There's a song uh, by Counting Crows that captures it perfectly. Well, it was cold when I woke and the day was halfway done nearly spring in San Francisco and I cannot feel the sun you were sleeping next to me but I knew that you'd be gone in the summer we would drive across the bridge to Sonoma and camp out uh, for the weekend two or three days along the lake one time I had this magical experience when I climbed up one of their famous coast live oak trees in Sonoma. It's all bending and melting like a Salvador Dali painting. The limbs are crazy. I found a comfortable resting spot in the crook of the tree and I planted myself there for hours. High above the ground up with the birds and the squirrels and I just sat there for hours until the sun set the sky was pink and I climbed down and returned to my friends. Dickie and I went sport fishing in Mexico both sides uh, and we visited the best restaurant list in the world seeking out the best bars, clubs, and music. That was our thing. We wanted to know what was the best and What was on the top 10 list everywhere for everything? And we had to check it out. I don't apologize for that at all. I think we were uh, living and I think we all need to do that more often. You got top 10 lists. Go do them. For God's sake. Um, Once after visiting the Cliff Room up in San Francisco, I became enamored with Ian Schrager. So. You're probably wondering, How, why does that name sound familiar? So he was a hotelier who once ran the famous Studio 54 in New York City, and a club got shut down for, I think, drugs and tax evasion, and he was in jail for quite a while. What did he do when he got out? He wasted no time in creating, basically, the boutique hotel that... Everyone, every hotel group has now imitated in some fashion or form. He was the man who started all that. And at that time, right out of prison, he opened 11 unique and uh, beautiful boutique hotels that were sprinkled around the world. I decided that I had to see every single one of them. So that was part of this trip that we would take. And this is because I got inspired when I went to the cliff room in San Francisco. When you walk in, it's a little dated now. Maybe they've remodeled, but there was the big oversized chairs and the you know, the crazy uh, wall from floor to ceiling uh, murals with faces that moved in mirrors and red velvet. And it just felt like you were in Alice in Wonderland. I traveled to the Hudson in New York City, St. Martin's Lane in London. We flew to Mexico one time and I don't remember where it's somewhere down in the peninsula in the Baja but it was a presidential an ex actual, actually the Mexi- uh an old president of Mexico it was his estate and it was an incredible amazing biggest house I've ever stayed in you could get lost and I'm seriously we got lost in this house and it was perched on these rocks and uh dickie flipped the dime on that one paid for that trip he took two friends with us one of them is still a dear friend of mine hope and uh had a great time but dickie decided to get in a fight with the girl that he brought and so both women went to separate wings in the house and we didn't see them the whole weekend (laughs) except for the very very first night we went You had to take a little dinghy rowboat across from the island to the mainland. And two women that worked in the house rowed us over in this big rowboat. And we had this amazing dinner. And at this dinner, on the table, they had fresh baked bread. And on the side was this whipped butter with garlic. I got the recipe and brought it back, and at that time, I was the chief operating officer at the Enterprise Fish Company. If you remember the hot baked bread there at the fish company, the sourdough, well, on the side, there was plain butter, and there was garlic butter. That garlic butter came back from that trip, and it was immensely popular. I had forgotten that we'd picked it up at that trip, and Hope reminded me one night that she remembered when we discovered the garlic butter and had to bring it back to the Enterprise Fish Company. My guest and I, uh, right before this show in the first hour, were talking about Nashville, and I wanted to tell the story again. I visited Nashville once on my way to Memphis and Graceland, and I spent a night popping in and out of the music venues in um, Nashville, but the trip was directed towards Memphis and Graceland. I remember Graceland much more clearly, and I even remember the day. It was one of those whitewashed, bright days. Beautiful blue skies, not a cloud anywhere in sight. And the walls of Graceland were stark white, and along the top of the walls was broken glass embedded into the stucco. So Those to keep out the crazy Elvis fans who had made the pilgrimage to see his home. The all African American staff at Graceland were picketing that day. They were out front of the gates, maybe 20 people handing out flyers. One of them shoved a handwritten, a very poorly spelled flyer into my hand. I saved it, actually. They were mad at Priscilla for some reason. I don't know why. They felt they weren't being treated fairly and they wanted everybody that visited Graceland to know. I wonder how that turned out. I couldn't actually help feeling sorry for them. I felt like if anybody should be taken care of, they should be. I felt a little bit ashamed to be there at that moment. So I've Played a lot of Counting Crows songs throughout this episode. And the reason why is the lyrics that I've chosen in in the breaks all refer to the travels that I'm referring to. I listened to a lot of Counting Crows. And I always thought Adam uh, from Counting Crows had seen and felt and been the places that I had through his lyrics. One of them that always sticks out is when we flew into Miami... If you've been to Miami, it's just this beautiful, beautiful crystal clear water. And when we flew in, it was evening and the sun was setting and the sky was all pink. The, the blue water was reflecting this turquoise and the plane banked slightly to the left and started slowly circling in. So this lyric of the song Miami. Reminds me of that trip every single time and the plane. I guess I think I feel all right. You come circling through the light. The skyline is bright tonight. What more perfect rendezvous? Rendezvous The sundown paints the shadows through the daylight, Amy, on what we do. It looks like darkness to me, drifting down end of Miami. But I want to end on this, on these lyrics, because after all, travel makes me happy. This is called Holiday in Spain. Got no place to go, but there's a girl waiting for me down in Mexico. She got a bottle of tequila, a bottle of gin, and I said, bring a little music I can fit right in. We got airplane rides, we got California, drowning out the window side. We got big black cars and we got stories how we slept with all the movie stars. I may take a holiday in Spain, leave my wings behind me, drink my worries down the drain, and fly away to somewhere new.
3: more perfect
1: up will you there is a lot going on here subscribe
2: and always be in the no crowd Hello, this is John Cleves and I have the opportunity on this program to promote a new range of perfumes or scents that I have uh, been putting we' getting ready to put on the market and they're all based on food because I think food is the most beautiful thing in the world. In fact, I eat nothing else. And um, we've been starting with, there's a vegan set of scents, which will not offend anyone who uh, doesn't want to eat an uh, uh, animal. And um, there are also some, some red-blooded perfumes. There's, there's one that's made from buffalo blood that is uh, very sexually exciting, I am told. So, um, you are listening to the Jeremiah Higgins show, unfortunately. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. All right, so hey, I'm gonna put together a couple series here on the radio. Um, and anybody that's worried or wondering what happened to the Enterprise Fish Company Chronicles or what we're calling the EFC Chronicles, uh, I got two decades and maybe interviewed 20 people, and oh my god, I didn't realize how much time it would take to edit and put together all of your great um comments along with the music and and the milestones of the times so those are they're coming don't worry i keep keep kicking them down the road because i just want to get it perfect. they're going to be a great series when they're all done i'm still looking for anybody that worked at the enterprise fish company in the 1970s and the 1980s i need those two decades so if you're listening and you would like to contribute to the efc chronicles we're basically writing a love letter from the employee's perspective or the guests on why Enterprise Fish Company was so monumental, so special to so many people. Hundreds of thousands of people have worked there over the years, um, from Gwyneth Paltrow to uh, to me. I worked there for many, many years. Opened in 1971 and closed, sadly, in 2000, I believe, 19. Right before COVID, right after COVID happened. Um, probably a good idea, but I missed that restaurant. Anyway, that series is coming. It has not been forgotten and it is almost finished. But I wanted to do a couple more series. Uh, one, I'm going to pay tribute to the great and original fan, winemaker in town, Pierre Lafond. So, as told by winemakers, if you're a winemaker and you'd like to contribute to a nice tribute to Pierre Lafon, who had, I believe, the first winery in Santa Barbara or Santa Inez, Santa Barbara County. Um, sadly, he's passed, but I would like to uh, pay tribute to, to him in a nice way. So please email me, Jeremiah at The Jeremiah Show, if you'd like to be a part of either the Enterprise Fish Company Chronicles, the EFC Chronicles, or... The tribute to Pierre LaFonde. All right, so here are the other two I'm working on. This one's going to be fun. The best dive bars. I don't care where you live, what country, what town, your town has a dive bar, if not more. But it has one that everybody's gone to for a long time. So what makes a good dive bar, right? I was looking online at some of my favorites and none of them have a website. <laughs> so apparently, to be a good dive bar, you can't have a website. That makes sense to me. No blenders, no blended drinks, no cherries. Well, cherries are okay, we've got Manhattans. But no blenders, that's, that's a rule for sure. No craft cocktails of any kind, right? There's no little craft cocktail menu. It's two pours and beer. That's what you get. Also, I think any good dive bar has to have one, at least one, bar regular that sits there from the moment they open to the moment they close, or the moment he runs out of, he or she runs out of steam. Always friendly, always happy. A good dive bar needs needs that, right? It needs that, that town uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Welcoming committee. <laughs> you also need, when you look around into the shadows of this great dive bar, at least two to three men that look like you could hire them for a hit if you wanted to. <laughs> it's got to have a pool table. Probably should have a jukebox. Definitely dark. Dark as night. At least one neon beer sign that doesn't work all the way. Of course, every good dive bar, the best dive bars, have got to employ staff that hate you and insult you. But that's after they get done ignoring you. Right? It's a must. They can't have menus. The best dive bars, no menus. We got no menus. It has to serve PBR. I think that's a must of a dive bar. PBR has got to be down there in the cooler. but The cooler that hardly works and is dripping all over the floor and is rusty. And when you drink your beer, you can t- taste the, the rust of the cooler or the mold. It could be any kind of river beer. Actually, it doesn't have to be PBR. But a beer you take out of the river on an inner tube, that's a good dive bar beer. A good dive bar, the best dive bars are dirty, and you like it. Why don't I like that it's sticky? It's dirty. It's filthy. I love this place. But then that made me think, how dirty is too dirty? Is there a limit? I want to know. Tell me what you think. Like, is is there where somewhere? Can you go too far? What else did dive bars have? They have like uh, those jerky sticks behind the bar. Hmm. Let me know your favorite dive bar. I want to do a series. Well, I'm going to do a series. So I hope you join in and help me. And let's talk. What's your favorite dive bar? Nominate them. Let me know why you love them, what the best dive bars have. They're all the same. So I uh, went to high school up in Priest River. Uh, here's another thing about a dive bar. They never check ID. All the all the high school kids can go in, right? Um, <laughs> up in Priest River, Idaho, where I went to school, at Preach River, La Mana High, the dive bar up there, if you're headed up to the lake, Priest River, or the Ponderay. Go through downtown Pre-Share, Idaho, and there's Popeye's. I think it's been there since uh, it was there before Popeye. That's a good dive bar. Main Street, Santa Monica. If you're down there, you want to go to the Circle Bar. (laughs) Circle Bar is great. It's been there forever. It's painted black. Like um, That might be another thing. Dive bar's Probably should have black walls with a lot of cobwebs. Um, yeah, Circle Bar, awesome. Here in Santa Barbara, Mel's. I mean, uh, you know nominate your best dive bar here for me, would you? Mel's, the Wildcat, of course, the Sportsman's Lounge. Down in Hollywood, I love Jumbo's Clown Room. If you're down there, check that out. All right, so the best dive bars, let me know what those are. And uh, let me know also what you like about them. Be right back. seven every time by advertising on the jeremiah show and get your message out on seven shows we're always on the radio
0: This is great, Delisle. I'm promoting my brand new single, I Missed You, off my full-length album, She's an Angel, which comes out October 24th, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show.
4: Before the next great song plays, let's pause to consider all the people who work tirelessly to bring us the music we love. Music Cares is music's leading national charity that provides a safety net of support and crisis relief for the music community. Everyone from musicians to tour managers, sound engineers to designers can rely on Music Cares to Provide emergency financial assistance and essential resources in times of need. Find out how you can help at musiccares.org. That's M U S I C A R E S.org.
1: the Jeremiah Show final segment. Uh, We've been talking about a lot of fun stuff. Busted stuff. Tell me, email me. I want to know what's busted. What what drives you nuts? Everything feels like it's busted. Nothing works. Nothing works the way it's supposed to work, the way it was sold to you. Uh, We've been talking about some of my trips and the dive bar series coming up. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the best dive bars in whatever town you live in. And here, finally, I just wanted to uh, tell you, I'm going to do a love letter series. So we started this out with a love letter to Luke's. let Let me say that again. The love letter series for restaurants. We lost so many restaurants, so many independents, so many of my favorites and yours, all around the world, not just in Santa Barbara. And a lot of them, were really special like the Enterprise Fish Company like Luke's in LA like Shia Venice Shia Venice was one of my favorites Giraffe in Santa Monica uh, the list goes on there are so many and I want to do a love, uh, love letter series to closed restaurants I'm going to bring in guests that fell in love there Maybe got engaged at a restaurant. We celebrated every anniversary and every birthday. Maybe found out that they were pregnant at the restaurant. And the staff that worked there, the staff that the guests remember, the food, what it made them feel like. We lost a lot of good restaurants. And really, restaurants are our social... Original social gathering places restaurants and a good meal with friends you can't beat that so I've got a love letter series to close to restaurants and please send me your ideas that's all coming up I want to thank you for listening to the Jeremiah Show and have a great rest of your day don't forget to communicate with each other but if you can listen more and evolve.
3: That's great, it starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes and airplane. Lenny Bruce is not a
1: And you are listening to
4: the Jeremiah Show. Listen, man.
0: Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at JeremiahShow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve.
4: My name's Danny Dreho. Jeremiah, your loved homes.
1: You're so cool. You're so cool. You're so cool.